1: Today's topic is the FAN-C approach to Parkinson's disease. I'm so very excited about today's show because my special guest is Dr. Greg Eckel. Let me tell you a little about him. The combination of naturopathic and Chinese medicine has provided Dr. Eckel with a variety of tools to treat both acute and chronic illness while valuing the principles of prevention and wellness. He has developed a deep and personal knowledge of chronic neurological conditions, including regenerative medicine and the development of a brain regenerative program. Dr. Eckel is trained in family practice and maintains particular interests in neurology, including Parkinson's disease, MS, traumatic brain injuries, headaches, migraines, palsies, and post-stroke recovery. Dr. Eckel, thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show.
2: Well, thanks for having me.
1: So can you tell us about your approach to Parkinson's, what you're calling FANCY? Yes. So and, it, and it's I, not FANCY like F-A-N-C-Y. It's F-A-N-C. c Yeah,
2: nice play on words. Um, you know, this is a process I've put together over the last two decades Of practice. So I started my practice in Portland, Oregon in 2001. I can't believe I'm saying that out loud, but uh, it has been that long. And it was really, I, I developed it out of a personal tragedy of mine. I lost my wife to a chronic neurodegenerative condition called Kritzfield Jacob disease, which a lot of folks haven't heard of. Um, it's one in a million, about three hundred cases a year in North America. And it's mad cow syndrome in people. And as you can imagine with a uh, wife with a terminal illness, I went researching and you know what this this fancy approach comes out of what I call Soraya's gifts of uh, you know what I found along the way. Um, so as, you know, loving husband and physician, I went uh, looking for a solution and, um, you re- you know, really discovered a dearth in the neurodegenerative field. Um, there's been no breakthroughs for folks. And, you know, I had a big neuro, uh, neuro focus in my practice here at Nature Cures. And um, so I, I knew, but the, the understanding when you have, um, you know, when it's a little bit more personal um you know, and navigating the system for your loved one—it's you know there's really not a lot of solutions, um, and even the workups are improper. So, I figured let's codify this and make it uh, you know a fancy approach. So the F uh, starts for functional. And it's a, a functional, you know, love that you you know, that's the title of your show. Um, and, you know, we're all on board with that. Treating whole, dynamic, heart centered people moving through time and space. You know, it's not treating pieces and parts, it's treating. Whole people, so you know, I use a naturopathic and Chinese medicine, functional medicine approach to do that. Um, you know, really listening to our patients and um, and addressing them as that whole dynamic being. That's the F in the in the fancy. Uh, the A stands for assessment. Um, you know, a lot of times when you get a diagnosis in the neuro realm, uh, let's take Parkinson's for instance. Uh, there's no definitive lab test or imaging for Parkinson's. It's a clinical diagnosis, uh, and really, it, the censure is if you get prescribed um, levod- carbidopa, levodopa, and you respond favorably, then it's even more of a you know, definitive, like, yes, you have Parkinson's, but... You know there are a lot of things that mimic central nervous system and brain neurodegeneration, whether it be dementia, Alzheimer's, uh, Parkinson's, MS. You know the kind of the list that you put out there. And what I find, uh, most people diagnosed with these will have a whole collection of diagnoses at the end of their life, and but really with no new solutions, even with the different diagnoses. So. The assessment really uh, was spawned out of, you know, what I went through with Soraya, but also with the patients over the last 20 years. So a big p- component that I see uh, with brain disorders and nervous system issues are heavy metals. And we know in North America uh, that you know the data is in. We all have them in our bodies. Um, you know, when I learned about environmental medicine uh, and heavy metals in environmental medicine. I I tested all of my patients and and I realized, well, wait a minute, I can't do that because we all have heavy metals in us. And then you kind of open up this uh, can of worms, so to speak, of, well, now what do we do that you have these metals? But in a neurologic condition... We have to rule those in or rule those out. And what I find is uh, the top four that I find in my folks that have uh, some neurodegenerative signs or symptoms or diagnoses are uh, mercury, cadmium, arsenic, and lead. Uh, These four tend to come up in a lot of patients. Now, not all patients with Parkinson's or MS – Um, have these metals, but you definitely have to rule them out because we store these toxins and metals in our fat. And if you look at your brain, there's a lot of fat in your brain. Um, Not that I'm calling you a fathead, but it is, um, you know, there's a good amount of fat in the brain, uh, brain tissue. And so we've got to look at that. And it's been, it was a limiting factor uh, early on in my career, using glutathione for Parkinson's, that rigidity and the stutter step of, of patients, that telltale uh, stutter step um, gait that folks exhibit with Parkinson's. And there was a neurologist, David Perlmutter, that put a video out on a glutathione push and showed this remarkable um, change in this gentleman from, you know, real slurry stuttered speech and the cogwheel rigidity that stutter step and the the choppiness and kind of the rigidness of of his body to this real nice elongated gait and stride strong stride and real clear speech and i thought wow that's that's pretty amazing i you know i do iv therapy here let's let's put in higher dose glutathione for the folks with parkinson's and you know i used it on the first five patients that i have had here um You know, way back in the early aughts, the early two thousands, and really nothing happened. I thought, well, how can this be? He showed this video of this gentleman had a great response, and I, you know, I, I see the more the difficult recalcitrant conditions, the folks that have been to Mayo Clinic and Cleveland Clinic, and you know, they're just not getting any one either a diagnosis or two any uh, relief. And so it dawned on me, you know, I learned in environmental medicine not too long ago. I should test these folks for metals. And lo and behold, um, those five individuals, they actually all came up with mercury. Uh, but over the last two decades, I've seen those four metals come up. So once you get those metals out, the glutathione actually works really well. So that's the first on assessment. The second one is in a uh, molecular mimicry, this concept. Are you familiar with that at all? Um, it is on um, viruses, so you can type into PubMed molecular mimicry and have um, you know ha- see what comes up for the condition. And so for Parkinson's, it's Epstein-Barr virus, cytomegalovirus and herpes simplex virus and in other neurodegenerative conditions we've got to look at that Uh, also other chronic infections can mimic these conditions uh lyme disease along those lines so you've got to get the proper workup on virus and infection Um, the third area that we do is hormone balancing so i run a, a dutch test uh looking at metabolites but also looking at the cortisol waking um you know, looking at your cortisol in the morning and cortisol graph throughout the day, in addition to uh, the the sex hormones, testosterone and estrogen and progesterone, and the metabolites. Um, Parkinson's in particular has been called hypothyroidism of the brain, um, and so we've got to look at the thyroid as well. That interchanged um, on an endocrine triangle, basically the thyroid, the adrenal gland, and estrogen, progesterone for women, and testosterone for men all have an interchangeable feedback loop together. So you've got to look at those three hormones in in, um, conjunction together. Then the fourth area that I really look at is, you know, really with all of the data around um, the microbiome coming out, um, I look at – the microbiome. So we do some stool analysis and testing, making sure that there's no uh, parasites uh, and that the flora fauna of the gut is what it should be and proper, no imbalances. Uh, so th- those are four broad areas that I find, you know, a lot of folks and a lot of practitioners, a lot of patients don't realize, you know, if we're really looking at treating people um, instead of looking at, in let's say for Parkinson's, just at the dopamine uh, receptors and the dopamine production, it's so end stage at that point and such a minor uh, – well, maybe not minor piece but just a, a, just a small piece of the whole puzzle of how you can really move the lever for folks. So that's the assessment in the uh, A, so the FA. And then we've got N for nerve. And N for nerve is for nerve health, and we look at um, specific nutrients for nerve health. Of course, we've got the B vitamins in there. Um, everybody and their brother and sister are doing uh, cannabidiol now or CBDs, um, but the endocannabinoid system. Um, is very fascinating and exciting and was not taught when I went to medical school uh, because we didn't even know about it. Uh, there's more receptors in our, in our bodies, in our brain actually for uh, CBD um, receptor sites than all of the other neurotransmitters put together. So there's definitely some exciting information coming out around that. So looking at the tone on the endocannabinoid system, Um, Of course, then we've got uh, glutathione, liposomal glutathione, um, and there are other specific targeted nutrients. I do a lot of uh, Chinese herbs, botanics directly to um, the individual's pulse, so we tailor, make formulas for people um, for exactly where they're at. Uh, there's a, a whole slew of other things in nerve that we can talk about. And then the dash c is the cellular regeneration. and this is the regenerative uh, aspect with exosomes and stem cell therapy. Um, and this one really, in a I would have never thought I'd be talking to you or the public about regenerative medicine, but just going through that process of looking at, okay, how do I move the needle um, for her brain? Um, you know, we, that's what led to that, and just getting on into the research, and you realize wow, there are mount there's mountains of research here to show that this is a safe and effective therapy for folks, so you know that's really how I codified uh, the fancy approach uh to neurodegeneration and Parkinson's in particular
1: so I think our listeners are probably most interested in the brain regeneration aspect, yeah for sure your letter c (laughs) (laughs) yeah because i think a lot of them you know they have a certain understanding of heavy metals they have a certain understanding of the gut microbiome and uh whatnot and um and so this area of regenerative medicine which is just new and expanding if you can talk about that
2: sure and you know honestly that is the big the biggest lever in the whole in the whole approach is the regenerative uh medicine component and this is a you know, it's, it's a controversial, but only controversial because there's an unknowingness, right? In the United States, we stopped research in 1991 for political and religious reasons, and it was using embryonic tissue. So this is not – nobody in North America is using embryonic tissue. Um, we – I use mesonimum mesenchymal or mesenchymal stem cells. This is from cord blood. You could also get cells from your fat or from your bone marrow. But I I don't particularly like those roots um, because you look at the vitality of the cells. So one, a stem cell, what is it? It is a cell It's called pluripotent. means it can differentiate into many cell types. So when we're talking about MSCs uh, or mesenchymal stem cells, uh, Arnold Kaplan, who actually dubbed those cells, has said publicly he wished he would have named them medicinal signaling units because really – they function more like a paracrine gland, meaning they secrete. What these cells secrete is an exosome. Exo means out of and som is the cell. So these little packets come out of the cells. Well, what's in these little packets that these stem cells are creating? Uh, there's growth factors and there's anti-inflammatory cytokines. And basically the analogy I give is this is like the conductor shows back up for your innate healing ability. When you have a condition, a disease process happening, your symphony is playing the wrong tune. Somehow it gets disorganized or it's trying to correct itself and you know, you've know you heard the elementary symphony play, right? My kids have gone through that and then they get to – basically they get to high school and it's like, wow, they've really come a long way here. The same thing. When you put these cells into the body, they basically come in and they help reorganize the innate healing ability of the body. So, you know, when I first started studying and researching these, I thought these cells became me. Um, and, And to a certain extent, a few of them do, a certain percentage do, but their bigger play is really on how they secrete these healing properties of the body for our own innate healing abilities to use and then also reorganizing some of the cell signaling uh, aspects of our own healing ability. So it's kind of like the conductor comes back into um, or a new conductor comes into the symphony and gets them playing the right tune Um, and so that's the analogy that I give folks with, with how these work. But these cells can differentiate into neurons in your brain. Uh, cartilage in your knee, uh, osteocytes for your bone, uh, muscle cells, epithelial tissue, heart tissue. So there's about eight different cell lines that these cells really – the mesenchymal cells or mesenchymal, it depends – Tomato, tomato, how you would like to pronounce them. I'll just say mesenchymal. Um, I think it sounds better. And I think – so they'll come in and your body determines where they get used. So one of the components, will put the exosomes – we do an intranasal procedure to – bypass the blood brain barrier because that that's an issue for getting these cells up into the brain right we have the the blood brain barrier which is the the filter to not allow things into the brain but when you go the olfactory tract um you can really you can bypass that a bit
1: and so you do that with a nose spray
2: i actually do it with a flexible catheter
1: oh so flexible. Not with, okay yeah.
2: yes Yeah, because you've got to put it into the sinus cavity, pretty direct there.
1: Okay, so you have a catheter up the nose into the sinuses. Yes. And out of that, you're placing this stem cell mixture. Correct. And so then that passes through the blood-brain barrier into the brain to help with actual nerve Regeneration.
2: Regeneration, yeah. And so I, you know, one of my early patients, so this was, um, came out two years ago at an international uh, neonatal stem cell, perinatal stem cell conference uh, down in Miami and learned of this. They were using this procedure on uh, neonates that had a stroke in utero, uh, I believe in Spain and Italy. And um, they showed right, so these kids were coming out, they already had a stroke in their mom's belly before they were born. Um, they're coming out developmentally disabled and really you know having a hard hard life uh, with development thereafter because they had a stroke already before they arrived. And uh, they started doing um, this procedure, the intranasal procedure on these kids, and they had the placenta and amniotic tissue right there. and they used the stem cells <coughs> directly. And they um, they're actually showing really great results, and um, having these children's brains develop normally, and they're um, they're hitting their developmental milestones. Uh, so it's really um, you know the the data is still you know there's still a lot of research that has to happen. But a lot of folks don't have 20 to 30 years um, to wait on that. So, you know, really the way that I talk about it, we're really using exosome therapy that way. Um, I also developed a nasal spray um for supporting removal of proteins out of the out of the brain and I use that same route the olfactory route for that delivery method as well Um, for neurodegeneration there's a lot of misfolded proteins there Uh, but the cells this regenerative component is um, you know just phenomenal oh so where I was going with that story is so I learned about it and I brought it back into my clinic and my first patient that I brought it up to, uh, Mark, I remember it clearly. Um, he said, "You know, he just looked at me. He was taking it all in. I was really excited to share this. Like, hey, we have this. This might be a really great thing to move the the needle for you." Um, and he looked at me, said, "You know, that's great, doctor. But have you done it?" <laughs> and <Yeah>. I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, and I was like, you know, that's a good point, Mark. You're going to uh, be the
1: first one. Yes.
2: Yeah, he said, "So why don't why don't you go and get it done? And if it doesn't kill you, you can do it on me." Uh-huh. And you know, I so, you know, due diligence and, you know, the first tenant is do no harm. Uh and so I did my research. I found a, the best source for uh mesenchymal stem cells in the US. You know, asking colleagues that I've been doing the, the procedure and other uh, regenerative therapies. And, um, you know, and I have a lot invested in my brain with a doctorate of medicine and a master's of science in oriental medicine. And at that point, 16 years of clinical care, not to mention, you know, five kids and full practice, all of that. So I don't want to mess around with my head, um, but I, I did it. Um, because I you know one it was safe, and I was seeing the research and um, and what it was doing, and I was hoping it was going to help with my middle age vision loss or um, hearing loss. I wear hearing aids, and it has stabilized my hearing loss so uh, i 've got two years of data on that. Um, I have a kind of a progressive genetic hearing loss in my family, so that 's stabilized, which is awesome um, but the bigger bigger thing that happened was it the next day after I did the procedure. I was um, kind of clenching my hands together, right? If you do that, and um, actually I'm doing it right now, and my hands, you know, they – I didn't even realize that they were swollen, but the absence of that swelling was remarkable. It's like I have like fresh fingers and I could clench my clench my hand really um, tight without any – In there, and then the other big one was I had chronic hip pain for a decade. Um, I was inner tubing in Colorado with my then six-year-old on my lap, and went over a little waterfall, and the inner tube came out, and my papa instincts were grab the kid, so I grabbed the boy, and then we plummeted to the bottom of the river and my right hip hit a rock at the bottom of the river and you know I'm in the industry I was getting acupuncture and massage and physical therapy and I was doing yoga I even got you know trigger point injections then ramped that up to prolotherapy and uh, platelet rich plasma injections and you know I was always struggling to get ahead of the 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 pain I had to do something every day and that disappeared in less than 22 hours, it was gone. It's still gone. You know, I just get up and I'm so grateful that, wow, it was a systemic anti-inflammatory benefit. You know, we use the, a lot of the procedures that we do in the regenerative medicine is for, you know, um, healing up knees, cartilage, hips, you know, more on the orthopedic realm. And I, I'm kind of employing, uh, employing these cells more in the neuro, uh, regenerative space. But, um, you know, so I got a really huge full body anti-inflammatory benefit that has stuck around so much so that I've incorporated it into my longevity plan of um, kind of on an annual basis. I, you know, I get the research every week on, on regenerative therapies and I, there's just so much data coming out now in support of the therapy.
1: Yeah, it's a really exciting area of medicine and like you said, it's really in its infancy. Yeah, but the sheer potential, uh, from a medical healing standpoint, from a physiological standpoint, is really exciting stuff.
2: Well, and I would say even clinically, right? So, yeah, the evidence on the research front, but we—I mean, we're we've got over five hundred people that haven't needed their knees replaced. So you know, it's it's actually regrowing cartilage, and when you talk to the orthopedic realm, the the world, they say, "Oh, that can't happen." But they're they're talking theory, and we're actually seeing in reality this is what is happening.
1: <laughs> now, I know our listeners out there are thinking, this sounds great. I wonder if I can fly in and see Dr. Eckel. How often do you do this procedure? Is it like you do it once, and then you're fine for a year? Do you have to do it like once a week for months on end? Can you give us an oh, idea question. about that? Oh, great question. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so I actually call it Camp Nature Cures. I have people flying in from around the globe now to to get this therapy. So you can come in, um, and it's we don't just do the the cells, right? So that's that fancy approach, and and I use that approach more comprehensive programs for all all areas of the body, really in that functional approach. We do hyperbarics and some IV therapy. And acupuncture, um, and then we tailor Chinese herbs for folks to take home with them. So people can come in. It is basically – it is regenerative medicine. So this is entirely different than what we're used to. This doesn't wear off. This is actually your body healing itself. So it people will come in for four or five days. Um, and kind of camp out here. We'll, you know, um, do the procedure with some acupuncture. Then I have them in the next day going into a hyperbaric chamber because that oxygen-rich environment really helps these cells stick around for a longer period of time. The hyperbarics themselves are also anti-inflammatory and increasing oxygen in the body. So especially when we're talking about the brain, um, we want to get you know hyperperfused oxygen in. So people will breathe 95% oxygen. In a pressurized chamber, so that drives more oxygen into the body and to the brain, so it helps with the healing capabilities of the individual. Um, And we'll do that for three or four days. So, you know, you'll come in. have a procedure, do the acupuncture and get the hyperbarics all within the week. And then you go back home and then we can monitor. We definitely follow up at two months and at five months and at eight months. um, And over the phone or Skype, zoom, we do that. And then if there's any troubleshooting that we need to do to add a little extra support, you know, when we're talking about regenerating the brain, there are supplements and herbs that I do encourage folks to do. Occasionally, um, we want to get you hooked up with some either hyperbarics or acupuncture or functional medicine practitioners in your locale that can handle if you have the hormone imbalances or if there was if we found any viral load or the heavy metal burden. We want to address those things, but we want to really get partnered up with somebody in the in the locale where you are. If you don't have anybody there, we definitely um, you know we can manage that from afar, but you know have to establish care in the state of Oregon for me to do that.
1: Fantastic. So I also know that coming up very shortly, the beginning of April, you have a brain degeneration summit that you are hosting.
2: That is correct. Yeah. So, uh, thanks for bringing that up. So, I, it is the Brain Degeneration Summit, and I'm interviewing uh, world experts on brain health, and for a whole variety, you know, from dementia, Alzheimer's, MS, Parkinson's, ALS, um, general mindset stuff on on healing the brain. You know, after going through this, um, losing my wife to, you know, uh, as to as of yet curable condition called Critsfield Jacob. You know, it, it's a there's a dearth of information. I really want to see if we can move the needle and get some inspiration out there in the community, provide some hope for folks because you know, with these diagnoses it it can get kind of hopeless because there's no known cure for a lot of them and there's been no breakthroughs and so I'm just looking to, you know, provide some really great education, some foundational work that folks can really implement on a day-to-day basis, and um, and really move the needle for themselves. Because it isn't, you know, I don't. The solution is not going to come from some magic purple pill or some breakthrough drug. Um, unfortunately, you know, when we're talking about our brain and our central nervous system, it's so multifactorial. You know, the environment that we're living in influences us. Or the food that we eat influences us. Our mindset and our thought process influences us. So, and then, you know, you lay on top of that viruses and stresses and traumas and, you know, the whole slew of what we do as physicians. And that is really the main, the main purpose of the summit is to provide some really actionable uh, tools for people that are, you know, have these conditions around the globe to, um, you know, really support, inspire, uh, provide some hope and perhaps get some solutions going for them as well.
1: Now, we just have a couple minutes left. And while there's so much that we could keep talking about, Dr. Heckel, so in the couple minutes that we have left, is there anything else that you think is important for our listeners to understand?
2: You know, I think that there's a misunderstanding when you get this condition and it becomes just watch and wait and get monitored. And I've heard so many times from my patients, I mean, that is just so depressing and frustrating, and you know whether it be simple movement like qigong, uh, you know which I have um, in my book, uh, shake it off, uh, a an integrated uh, what is it called? It's shake it off, uh, an integrative guide to Parkinson's solutions and. Um, I have in there, I have Qigong exercises and movement. Uh, movement is really crucial. There's a lot of things that we can do for our brain health, whether we have a diagnosis of with neurodegeneration or have some worries of seeing family members with dementia or Alzheimer's. Um, there's a lot of things we can do today to move the needle for ourselves to either prevent and or treat these things. And so, you know. Make sure, you know, just take a deep breath. There's small, steady steps that get you there, but there's a lot of things that you have maybe not put into your care or thought process that really could have profound influence and benefit for you.
1: And then how can our listeners find out more about you?
2: Uh, Great. Uh, NatureCuresClinic.com. So it's Nature, singular, Cures with an S, Clinic.com. Um, I have a podcast on there as well, and I've got my book up there, and I'll have information about the summit as well.
1: So for our listeners out there, I'll make sure to have that link in our podcast notes so that you can easily find Dr. eckel and all of his terrific resources. Dr. eckel thank you for being my special guest today. This has been an awesome interview.
2: Oh, thank you for having me.
1: All right, that, wrap, that wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Dr. Greg Eckel. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next time for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week,
0: everyone. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine radio show with your host, Dr. Kerry Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc.